0: Alright, if you want to open your Bibles to Isaiah 61, if you're a guest, we've been in Isaiah 61 for a number of weeks, four or five weeks now, and so we are going through this. I want to say verse by verse, but uh, we've only done, we're not even through verse one. So maybe we're doing it line by line. Uh, Today, we actually hope to finish verse one and do Three whole lines. Careful. Yeah, we're gonna do three today. Whew. All right. Anybody else sweating? I am. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we have been uh, looking at the, the first part of the scripture. Says, uh, "Let's just let's just read the scripture here." Holy Spirit, open the word. Instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We're just going to read verse three again today, one through three. That's where we'll be for the next few weeks is. One, end of 1, maybe 2 and 3. And so the last few weeks we talked about just a really quick review. Uh, in line 1 it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. We identify that that's not any spirit, that that is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God Himself. It's important to understand which spirit is upon you. We're not interested in just spiritual experiences. We're not interested in any other spirit that is not from God, that is not God himself. We are interested in the Holy Spirit. And so, Isaiah, we walk through that, and there's a whole lot to that. You can listen to it online through our website and our podcast. Uh, but this is the spirit of the sovereign Lord, that God has his name stacked there. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And then we looked at the anointing. And we looked, it says, because he has anointed me. And we looked at the word anointing that talks about being smeared or rubbed in. And that's an anointing not just with a power. That's an anointing with a person. In other words, it's a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that releases the anointing in your life. I forgot a book that I was supposed to have. And so my wife... My lovely wife is going to get it for me. Uh, so that was uh, two weeks ago. We talked about the anointing. And um, last week we talked about the third line. It says we are anointed first to proclaim the good news to the poor. And we looked at the poor as anyone basically broken, downtrodden, pressed, pressed down. It's not just financial. It's, it's you know, relationally, uh, spiritually, emotionally, um, mentally, whatever has been beaten down, downtrodden in that person, that we are called to bring the good news, that Jesus is good news. He is the good news. The message of Jesus is good news, and it starts with good news that God loves us. That's good news. If it starts with the bad... We do have to hear the bad news. It's kind of like we were listening to a a, a message we heard at convention... uh, and a, a a lady was preaching and she said, you know, most people know that they need to get their life together. <laughs> I mean, there are a few out there just ignorant, okay? We, we understand that, right? They just have no clue that you look at them, but... Most people know, man, I, I, need, I'm, I need something. I'm missing something. And so they're searching all kinds of things. They're trying to fill themselves with all kinds of things. And we've got the good news. We want to bring the good news first so they're hungry. And then we can deal with, hey, you've got to get rid of your bad stuff. You've got to deal with the bad news. You've got to deal with the sin. You've got to deal with the junk. You've got to turn away from that stuff. But I've got a good trade for you. I'm going to give you all of me, and you can give me all that junk. I will forgive everything you've ever done. That's good news. I've done a lot of bad stuff. I was a nice church kid growing up, but I've still done lots and lots of sin. (laughs) Lots and lots. Uh, You can ask my brother. So today, we're going to look at the third part of verse 1, and it has three lines. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for for the prisoners. And so, here's the deal. When you are anointed of God, and we have learned that if you're a believer in Jesus, you have been anointed. In the New Testament it says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. In other words, the, the Spirit of God is already upon you. He has anointed you. You have to release... His presence, you have to release His power, you have to release His words, but what He has given you is already there, and He has anointed you, and He's anointed you so you can be sent to someone. The anointing is not for my benefit. The anointing is not for my benefit. Not so I can feel anointed. Not so I can feel God's presence. Not so I can have a spiritual experience. Even if it's from God, that's great. God wants to have us experience Him. He wants that relationship. But you are anointed so you can be sent. So you can go to someone and give them something that they need. Because unless Jesus is rubbed into you, you don't have anything you can give that they need. But if the presence of God has been so smeared and rubbed into your life and He begins to breathe out of you and He oozes out of you, your words are, are, are saturated with the Spirit of God, your thoughts begin to be begin moved by the Spirit of God, your steps begin to be ordered by the presence of God, then you are anointed you have something to give. But we're sent, and so this is what the anointing does. First it brings the good news, and it brings the good news to all kinds of people. There's there's three kinds of people that are mentioned in this passage brokenhearted, prisoners, and captives. I know I did it out of order. I did that intentionally. <sighs> brokenhearted, prisoners and captives. So I want us to look we're going to look at these three for just a few minutes. Number one, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. You know, a brokenhearted person—you know what they need? They don't need correction. They don't even need—they don't need instruction. The first thing they need is the bleeding to stop. They need to be bound up. You know, that, that's the word is like to take, you know, to take a cord and to bind something together, to close a wound, to, to take something that's been broken and put it back together and tie it up with something so it can be whole again, so it can begin to heal. And so he has sent me with the anointing to bind up the brokenhearted. Now, that word brokenhearted there is an interesting word. It's the word in Hebrew, shabar. Okay, and this Hebrew this is like a really intense word. This is like like oh, it's just a it's a descriptive picture word. So here's some of the other definitions just that 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 are entailed in the word Shabar. Can anybody say Shabar? Shabar. shabar. It's a good name, you know, you name your dog Shabar or something that way. No, excellent it's not a good name for that. Um, trans, that's the word broken. In that, in broken hearted. This is the word broken. It means to be maimed. To be maimed, crippled, wrecked, crushed. It's, this is an intense thing. This is not just like, you know, when I was in junior high, I had this girlfriend for like five weeks and then she wrote me a note and let, sent it home with me from church. And it's like, I'm not going to be your, your girlfriend anymore. Oh. You know, I burned I, I burn that note at some point. <clears throat> you know, just an act of forgiveness, I guess, or hatred, one of the two. Um, no, but that was, I mean, I mean, it may have seemed big at the time, but in the big scheme of things, after, number, you know, I, I moved on. That was, that was a small heartbreak. But this, this is not talking about just some little disappointment. This is not talking about just some, man, I had a bad day. No, this is talking about being maimed and crippled. In one of the other ways you could look at this word with the other stems, this is not the one used in this, but it, it's so descriptive. I want to read it. It says this. Also, shibar can mean to rend violently. In you know other words, you know what rend means? Tear. So to be torn violently, it's not just like the nice tear. This is like to just shred apart, to rupture, to shatter. This is the kind of heart that God comes to. This is the kind of heart that God sends you to. That's why we need the anointing. Because when someone has been through that, I don't have anything to offer. I can't just say a nice phrase and, here, let me give you a nice little cute lesson here. Let me tell you a Bible lesson. No, you, you need something more than that. You need, there needs to be instruction later, but first, there needs to be a binding up. There needs to be something where the bleeding can stop, the rupture can be, can be closed in, the, the shatteredness can be brought, the pieces can be put back together. So many times, I know I find myself doing this, but instead of binding up the brokenhearted, I'm judging the brokenhearted. You know, we're quick to judge the world, when really the world, those who don't know Jesus, most of the time, man, a lot of them have been crushed. Man, they've been through some hard lives, just like you have. If my first reaction to them has come with judgment, man... When you're already broken, man, it's like, just go ahead and keep stepping on me, man. I don't need to be crushed anymore. I need to find out who can heal me. How can I get healed? Can I get out of this? Is there a way out? Is there, a, is there life after this? Part of the anointing, the presence of God comes upon us, is to give us our His perspective and to give us compassion where my heart is changed, what I am honestly feeling in my innermost being is being changed. Amen. You know, some people are just closed, and I'm not talking about those, but there's a lot of people that are closed because it's a, it's a safety mechanism. They've, they've been hurt so much that they're like, gonna, you know, you're going to stay way out here. You can't get close to me because all the people close to me have crushed my heart. They've caused it to rupture. You know, the word heart there is, is basically your inner self, the, the innermost part of who you are. So, in other words, on the deepest part of my heart, I've been crushed. You know, Psalm 34 18 says this that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are what? Who are crushed. In spirit. Man, here's the deal God has a heart for hearts that have been crushed. You know, Psalm 147, verse 3, says that the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Of course, we know that when Jesus came, you know, Jesus totally wrecked the whole religious paradigm because everything he did was different than the whole religious system of that time. What was he doing? Like, he's, he's you know, it's like, hey, how come all the, the broken people are around you? How come all the messed up sinners and the prostitutes and all these people? It's like, Jesus is like, look, I came to heal the brokenhearted. If you think you're already good, fine, have a great time. I'm going to go to those who are in need. And Jesus commissions us, of course, with the same thing. To say, hey, guess what? I'm going to give you an anointing where you can go and you can touch somebody's heart. Where you can bring healing to their heart because of the anointing. Because of my presence on you. You don't have anything on your own. You got nothing. But if you're anointed, you have a chance to bind up the brokenhearted." Number two, we're going to look at the last one. Number two is prisoners. That's where I need this book. Prisoners are someone who has opened up their life through their choices to be taken to be held prison in prison through fear or unforgiveness or jealousy or envy or rage or impurity. And you may be one of those people you're saying, man, I'm in in the brokenhearted phase right now and I want to read a couple of lines from this book called uh, Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Chris Valentine and Bill Johnson. He has a great uh, chapter on prisoners and captives. I'm going to be using a lot lot of the information here uh, in these next two sections. But this, this is so amazing. It says this. Our, our past can become a prison, a prison that perpetuates. Start over. <clears throat> our past can become a prison that perpetuates the bondage of those who raised us. Somehow we unintentionally reproduce the same destructive culture in ourselves and in those around us. He says later on, what I'm realizing about many of us is that we spend much of our lives reacting to what we don't want to be instead of responding to the call of God in our lives. That's pretty good. Let me read that again. I'm realizing that many of us, we spend much of our lives reacting to what we don't want to be instead of responding to the call of God in our lives. We waste a lot of energy trying not to be something In order not to be something, oh wait, let's learn how to read here, pastor, okay, must be too hot to read. We waste a lot of energy trying not to be something, period. In order to not be something, get this, I have to keep it in front of me so I can avoid it. So in other words, my mind is always going to that thing. And what does it say? You know, as you think, so you are in in the scriptures. In other words, the thing that you put your mind on the most is what you're going to turn into. That's why Jesus says, hey, if you're looking at this thing all the time, you're going to become and look like it. That's why you need to look at me. Look at, turn your eyes upon Jesus, fix your eyes upon him. Then you're like, oh, I'm, oh, I start to look like him. I'm not worried about it here. I'm not trying what I can't be. I'm going to become what I am. And so a person who's a prisoner is, is choosing through unforgiveness, through holding on to that kind of stuff. Jesus is, you know, is not saying that that doesn't matter. He's just saying that what he did is greater. Because we already know that he cares about the broken heart. He wants to bind up our wounds. He wants to bring healing. He wants to be there. He wants to hold those who have been crushed. But then we have a choice to say, am I going to put myself in prison by... A huge prison door is this, unforgiveness. Refusing to forgive those who have crushed my heart. Now, forgiveness, of course, does not mean that I keep letting them hurt me. It doesn't mean I let them back in my life. It just means I let what they did stop controlling my present reality. It doesn't mean I suddenly say, oh yeah, you're back in my life, you can do whatever you want. No, that's not... That's not That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is declaring that I'm releasing them from anything they've owed me because of the debt that Jesus paid for me and for them. But a prisoner is someone who's opened the door in their life, you know, and and they have become in prison with it. It can be unforgiveness. It can be... You know, being envious of someone else. You know, you might have jealousy of all these other people, you know, their relationships, their, their marriage, the amount of money they make, just who their friends are, just the way their kids are, whatever it is. There's a hundred different reasons you can be envious or jealous. of someone. I just wish I'd be like them. You're opening, you're opening a door to be closed on you, basically. You open a door for the enemy to come in so he can build a prison around you. And you become a prisoner, the good news is this <laughs> that the the one who has been sent and anointed by God opens the prison doors. You know that old song? Uh I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. That's taken right from the scripture, Isaiah 61. Part of that song is, in other words, there's something. The word there that's, you know, it says the opening or uh, the release from darkness. Really, the word there is open. Open a door. And it means this, open wide. Not just open. When God comes to open the prison doors, it's wide open. It's not just, hey, you might be able to squeeze out. If you try really hard uh, and just like, you know, do a little bit of a, a little this. For those of you listening online, you can't see it, but it looks amazing. Okay. Um, <laughs> or revolting or something, one of the two. And so, you know, it's, it's not that, see, that, that's the amazing thing I love about this scripture. When you dig into the, the Hebrew there, it says, it doesn't even say prison. It just says, open, wide, bound. That's what the Hebrew literally says. Open, wide, the bound. It's inferred from the context that you're bound into something. In other words, you're a prisoner. You are closed in. You can't get out on your own. If you're a prisoner, you need someone else to help you get out. Someone has to give you the key To where the door can be unlocked. That's where you come into play. That's where I come into play. Where I am sent with the anointing of God to open the prison door. One of the most powerful things you can do is help somebody forgive. Help somebody learn to forgive. And we all have to learn that over and over and over again. You, I mean, it's kind of like, have you ever asked God the question, like, how long am I going to have to keep forgiving? Well, until you're dead. In heaven, you won't have to forgive. If, you, you know, if you're a child of God, you're going to heaven. In heaven, there's no forgiving. You don't have to do it ever again. It's all gone. But if you're on earth, guess what? It's, you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to get a shot to forgive someone. It might be someone close to you. might be someone far from you. might be yourself. You might even hold an offense against God, although he's never making mistakes, but we sometimes, you know, hold unforgiveness against God. Whenever we do that, you know, we are in prison. In Matthew 18, when Jesus is asked, like, hey, how you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? Jesus tells a parable. He says, look, hey, there was this guy who... Who was who had a master and he owed his master just billions of dollars. And the man came to his master and said, "Please, just forgive me. I'll I'll do anything. Just I'll I'll pay back what I owe you. Just give me the time." And it says the master said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna release you from your debt. I'm gonna forgive everything. Everything is gonna be forgiven. I'm gonna I'm gonna release all of it. You don't owe me a penny." And then it says, that man went out and found one of his buddies who owed him just a little bit of money and said, Come on up again. That's what happens when you sit up front. Yeah. Pay back what you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was part of the sermon, okay? That was not like a, assault. Okay. <laughs> that, that was a little bit more naive than I even You all right? Yeah, good. I mean, see, it was, it was intense. I mean, he was. Who wants to volunteer next? <laughs> For the next one. Okay, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, he, it says he grabbed him and he began to violently shake him. Pay back what you owe me. That's the picture Jesus gave, the story Jesus gave. And it says, he said, I'm going to throw you into prison until you pay back the little bit you owe me. And it says, when the master heard what the unforgiving servant had done, he said, call that servant in. You wicked servant, I forgave your huge debt and you couldn't even forgive just this much of a debt. Now turn him over to the tormentors is what it literally says. Turn him over to the tormentors. You're like... Man, that doesn't sound like nice Jesus, meek and mild. That's because this is a serious issue. This is, this is one of the most serious issues there is. If you don't forgive, you can't receive forgiveness. And you open a door for the tormentors to put you in prison. It says in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil a foothold. Sometimes our unforgiveness and our anger and our rage towards someone else, it, it, it leaves a crack where, he, where the enemy can come in and start building something. The devil can only be in a believer's life when we give him access. I mean, he can do all kinds of things on the outside. There can be pressure on the outside. But if he's, if he's got you, something on the inside on you, you open the door. I named off several things. Unforgiveness is just one I focus on because it's so huge. The good news is, is that when we open up our hearts, the, the prison door swings open. And it's open wide. So number three is captives. You know, captives are a little bit different than prisoners. Um, you know, to me, when I, when I read the word captive, I think of someone who's, who is... Uh, who's on the front line, who's fighting, and then they get, they get taken captive, you know, in, in the midst of the battle. So this is not the person who's holding on to unforgiveness. This is not the person who's being consumed with jealousy. This is not per, the person who is who's trapped in impurity. Uh, this is not the person who is breathing out rage and anger toward people. No, this is the person who's, man, they're walking in freedom, and then they, they just, they're in the battle, and they become a captive by believing a lie. They begin to believe a lie, and so they—they they, a prison is created there, but it's an imaginary prison because it's not really there. Jesus said in in John eight in verse thirty one. This is a great scripture. It says this to the Jews who believed him. Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, or if you abide in my words, you are really my disciples." Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's the deal. When we are believing lies, when we are ministering to someone who is believing lies, what they need to have is they need an experience with the truth. They need to know the truth. Knowing the truth is not about knowing it in your head. It's experiencing it in your life. If you know it in your head, it's just a, it's a fact. If you know it in your heart, it's a reality. And so when we're taken captive, we're taken captive when we believe lies in our lives. That lie could be, you know, any number of things that are being told. There's all kinds of things. It says that the devil himself is the father of lies. In fact, it's his native language. So he's how easy is it for you to speak your native language? Well, I'm decent at English. (laughs) Some of y'all here in Texas, you're like, wow, you're almost decent at English. But it's it's all natural for him. It's all natural for the devil. So the lies are just flowing all the time. He's just wondering, is anybody going to believe him? The lies are going to be there. You're going to be bombarded with lies day in and day out. It's when you believe them that you become captive. You're in prison in a prison that doesn't really exist, but you believe it is, so you can't move forward because you think you believe something that's not true. So you're trapped. And Jesus comes and says, guess what? The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to set the captives free. We set the captives free by bringing the truth into people's lives. By living the truth before them. By speaking the truth before them. Last week we talked about the word proclaim there means to show forth. There's a demonstration here. In other words, we are anointed to demonstrate, hey, that God really can heal hearts. That God really can free you from prison. That God really can set you free when you know the truth. That it's a reality and not just something in my head. You know, so many people go through their lives going to church and they know all the stuff in their head, but they've never experienced it in their heart. Wouldn't that be terrible to know that all of this was available to us and I took none of it? I mean, I still go to heaven. This is not a heaven issue. This is not an eternal life issue. But it's a, it's a quality of life right now issue. That I don't have to live in my brokenness. And that I, in my brokenness, as I'm being healed, am anointed and sent to someone else to bring them into wholeness. So you're on mission Every day, you're on mission because you've been anointed to heal, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the prisoners free, to release the captives, to experience the freedom of the truth. I want us to close today with uh, communion. We're going to close with coming to the Lord's table. There's a great scripture in another chapter of Isaiah. Just a few chapters back. Isaiah 53. You may have heard of it before. But after we've talked about some of these things. um, It's interesting the language that's used. Referencing the Messiah. Who we know now is Jesus. We didn't know it was Jesus in Isaiah yet. Nobody did at that time. But it says this. Surely... He took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds We are healed. You know, when we come to the table where Jesus said, Hey, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember what I have done. In our own lives and in our lives ministering to others who are wounded, do we remember that by his wounds we are healed. Every type of wounding, Jesus was receiving not just a physical beating that day, He was receiving an emotional beating. You know, sometimes it's interesting. uh, You know, a broken bone will heal. But a broken heart, it takes a whole lot more to heal a broken heart than a broken bone. You don't... In my life, I have never broken a bone, praise the Lord. And I hope I never have to. Uh, Here's the deal. When you break a bone, if somebody sets it right back in place, your body will automatically... Heal itself. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to do anything in your head. There's no, there's no confusion like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to get free from this. No, it's just like we, we just take it as a reality. You break a bone, you get set back in place, it, it will heal. That's how the body works. The doctor says this will happen and we believe it. <laughs> we don't have to stir up anything in our head, but here's the deal. When a heart is broken, it's not going to automatically heal. It needs some spiritual binding. And Jesus, in His own brokenness, because He was being broken, He was crushed physically. He was crushed emotionally. He was crushed with shame. He was crushed spiritually with sin. By all that crushing and all that rupturing and all that shattering and all that torture... I can get healed. And so today, as we receive this... If you want to ushers, if you want to go ahead and just pass, come up and pass it out while I finish. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are invited to participate. This is open communion. You don't have to be a part of our church or member or anything. So just want you to know, if you're a believer in Jesus, feel free to participate. If you're not a believer in Jesus... This can be your point of saying yes to Jesus if you want to. Just saying yes, I need you in my life. And so the, the cracker, of course, represents the body of Jesus and the juice represents the blood of Jesus. And it was all of those, all of who he was being crushed, all of who he was being broken, all of who he was being tortured that brought my wholeness. And no matter how far my heart has been ruptured, the truth is his body has the power to heal every broken heart you know sometimes here's the deal sometimes even you know we get to somebody and we're and we're and we're trying to help them and minister to them we're like oh my gosh that is such a terrible life and we and there there should be that empathy and that compassion but we have to make sure that it doesn't turn into believing the lie that's too hard to heal because the truth is that Jesus, by what he has done in his body, no heart is too hard to heal. If it's not true, we're being cruel. It's, it's, that's how serious it is. If it's not true that Jesus can really heal every broken heart, then, then if we're spreading a lie, it's really cruel to people to promise them something that cannot be delivered the good news is this the good news is this I've seen broken hearts healed. you've had your broken heart healed some of you your broken heart is still being healed hey that's okay sometimes our hearts get broken again and we need one another that's why we need one another guess what Because that person next to you that knows Jesus, that's in relationship with you, that you know and trust and love, guess what? The anointing is upon them to bind up your heart and to allow the Lord to bring healing. So as we receive this communion today, I don't know, this might be a reminder to you that you're you're sent to, to, to bring wholeness. It might be a reminder to you that you've been... Uh, it might be reminder to you that you need wholeness. God, my heart is broken right now. And we're just going to believe that right now, this this cracker means nothing in itself. But if the presence of God is here with us, then it means something because He can bring healing inside of us. And if you've, you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in prison right now. Guess what? The blood of Jesus is here to set you free from that prison. To forgive that person that doesn't deserve forgiveness. To be free from jealousy, to be free from impurity, to be free from anger and rage, controlling your life. To be free from anxiety. That one can sure become a prison really quickly. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God, then the peace of God... That passes understanding will be a guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So no matter where you're at, whether you're, you're like, man, I feel great today. Then, hey, be reminded you have Him in you and you're sent for a purpose. And if you're broken today, be reminded, hey, Jesus, I, I, need, I need to be bound up today. I need some healing in my heart. And I'm going to believe that when I take this cracker and put it inside my body, that spiritually you're going to go in and begin to heal my heart. So, Lord, we just thank you right now for the power of the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the power of the broken body of Jesus. And we are believing for healing right now, being released in every heart, God. We thank you for for that you were wounded and you were bruised. You were broken. You were shattered. You were tortured. You were beaten so that we can be made whole. And we choose to receive that into our lives and to receive the commission that says we are sent to those who are broken hearted. Give us a fresh compassion today, Lord. Give us fresh eyes to see people through your eyes. Forgive us when we're quick to judge. And Lord, help us be bold in, in believing that you really have the power to heal any heart. That we don't believe the lie. Oh, that, that's, just too, that's just too hard. That's just too much. That's just too far. No, we're going to believe the truth and know the truth. And the truth is going to bring freedom. So we receive that into our lives as we receive these symbols of your body and your blood into our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Everybody just close their eyes for a second. I just want to do one more one more response. Thank you Lord. you are just right now if you're, if you're if you've just been struggling with any of those things unforgiveness your heart's broken or believing lies just I want you to just place I'm not looking either nobody's looking around I got my eyes closed just, if you, if, just put your hand on your heart Put your hand on your head if you have to, if you just believe in lies. Right now, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. Lord, I pray for right now for all these hearts that have been spiritually crushed, God, emotionally crushed, that you come in right now. And disinfect it, Lord, just take away all the all the junk that, that that's trying to grow in there, all the spiritual stuff that's trying to trying to, to take root, Lord, I just we just we just declare the cleansing of Jesus right now over those hearts. Begin to take away the sting, Lord. begin to take away the sting. And we ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you just just gently just kind of wrap their heart, their their innermost being, just wrap it up in your arms. And let the healing begin right now. It's a starting place for healing. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to walk them through that healing, God, day by day with those whom they they trust in their relationship with you, God, I just pray for that to be healed and whole. And, Father, I just pray for anyone who is holding unforgiveness against anybody. Right now, we just say, we just declare, Lord, I forgive them. You can just quietly say that, Lord, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. anybody who's believing lies right now as we are placing our hands on our heads truth Holy Spirit speak truth in our hearts right now so that our heads can respond every lie that has been placed in our heads I come against and I break its power in Jesus name lies you go Minds be released to the fullness of the mind of Christ. The renewing of the mind. And Lord, right now we just all like, just put our hands out and we say, Lord, we are open to go to the ones that you send us to. We are open to go to the ones that you send us to. They might be really close to us. They might be really far. We don't know. We just want to be open. We just want to know that the anointing is upon us. The presence of God is upon us. And you have sent us. Thank you that you will give us everything we need to speak life and truth and encouragement and healing into those lives because we are anointed by you. Because of your presence in us. Because of your wisdom flowing through us. Because of your word that's in our heart. We thank you for giving us eyes to see those who we need to minister to. In Jesus name. Amen.